0: Welcome to True Health Live, your favorite public health podcast. We are live on YouTube, Facebook, and audio on your favorite podcast platforms. If you're interested in public health, then this is the space for you. Peace, greetings, greetings. We are live. Welcome to True Health Live. Welcome to our second October uh, show. Give thanks for all of you for being here and all of you who have come. For if you're listening on the replay, thank you for downloading. If you're listening, if you're re-watching on YouTube or Facebook or the podcast, thank you for watching. I am DJ your host. I'm also joined by my co-host. Hi Anishka. So we actually made it back in two weeks. <laughs> we have not necessarily like been on time, but um, definitely wanted to make sure that we did not miss an opportunity to speak about like, you know, what's so important, you know, every year, every month, every day is something, right? Like I feel like Mm -hmm. there's, it's like eat an apple pie day, Um, but there are some, (laughs) right? I think one day it was just like, I think I saw something about like, you know, hug your best friend day, like something is so nice. At the same time, there's some that deserve a lot more attention than others. And as we all know, October, for a very long time now, has been designated um, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And especially being a, a woman of a certain age um, who has finally had like a first, I think last year, our, our breast cancer show, I did uh, the uh, mammogram. So we talked about that. So, you know, come to think of it, we are due for a member. So, um, <laughs> so, for those of you who are of that age, so women who are over 40, Make sure you are scheduling your mammograms. Like, this is what is really important when it comes to screening. We definitely talked about screening um, and preventive medicine and preventive care, which is definitely a part of public health. Um, for people to know, like, when they should start um, activities of screening exercises and screenings for um, colonoscopies um, endoscopies, anything to make sure that you are, you know, just in the clear. And so for women, um, mammograms is one of them. So if you're a woman who has a a history of breast cancer or it runs in your family, or if you're 40 and over, it's really important to schedule that. So, um, that being said, we wanted to make sure that we acknowledged, um, Breast Cancer Awareness Month and we we dedicated a show to it. And it just so happens that Anushka Has, um, you know, as we are public health consultants and social entrepreneurs, Anishka's one of your clients um, was Tiger Lily Foundation and the program was specifically about breast cancer. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that program, what it meant to you, you know, just give everybody, um, you know, some insight to what it is, you know, because for those women who have been diagnosed, if you're a survivor, there are definitely programs out there that you can Mm -hmm. join to help other women who may have questions or concerns or scared, you know, um, it's always good to like find somebody who shares your experience.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you, Deidre. So my former client Tiger Lily Foundation is a national breast cancer organization. And I like to think of them as having a global impact because we had women in Africa and across seas um, who are thriving and, um, and so the program that I, the entire foundation in itself focuses on breast cancer, but the program I ran was called the ANGEL Advocacy Program, which stands for Advocate Now to Grow, Empower, and Lead through the ANGEL um, through this program. And really what we do is a comprehensive um, training program, five courses that women go through to become the best self-advocate and community advocate that they can be. Once you graduate from the um, training program, you become an official Tiger Lily Angel Advocate. You then have opportunity to be a public speaker, to join conferences, to really um, share yourself, your story and your journey um, and uplift your voice uh, through this organization. And so I was very proud to be the director of the Angel Advocacy Program, as well as Heading a pilot that we were doing within the program. Uh, I met amazing women. Um, We focused on serving Black and Brown women, women of color, because as you may or may not know, we are the ones that are highly affected. Our mortality rate is through the roof um, when it comes to breast cancer. And unfortunately we are the ones that are not at the tables making decisions for our treatment. Um, And we deserve to be, our story deserves to be heard. It deserves to be told. Um, We deserve to be heard. Um, And that way, when we go and speak to our doctors, they are listening to us. We're having bidirectional conversations where um, our treatment is not just coming from our care team, but we are a part of it. We're part of the decision, decision-making process. And so working with the many, many patients at whatever stage they are in this process, if they're going through treatment, if they're survivors, or if, even if they're caregivers, um, it was a, an amazing, amazing experience because not only did I learn more about the cause and the disease in itself, but I learned about these women as a whole right? The whole woman, not just their disease. So what they're going through um, within treatment, but then are they moms? Are they professionals? How has it affected their day-to-day life? Um, And it's very inspiring. I myself had my own um, scare back when in my early 30s. And I have to tell you, You know, 40 40 years makes the mark where you have to go and do the preventative care. However, if you feel a lump, if you feel something is going on and you're not 40 as yet and you're younger, do not be afraid to speak up. Go and fight and advocate for yourself and talk to your doctor and make sure that you get a diagnostic test written referral for you. Um, It started off as a primary care visit for me. And my doctor said, oh, uh, you know, something feels... Hard in here. It's not normal. Um, I was super scared, and to be honest with you, that fear always prevents us from taking the steps we need to take for our health our care. Um, it took me a while to get my. Um, I got my appointment. It took me a while to attend the appointment, but what motivated me was my daughter um, being able to know that I'm doing this for myself, but also for her, uh, because I was a single mom and what's going to happen that the scare of not being present for her is what really drove me to the doctors. And luckily I had a phenomenal care team and everything came back normal. I was okay. The unfortunate part is though, not everyone has the same experience. I didn't really have to, I didn't come across any unfairness or biases or racism that particular time. Right. My team was very open, honest, bi-directional conversations. Um, And I was a part of the entire process and very on point, but not all of us have that opportunity to have teams that are like that. Sometimes doctors can be dismissive. And so working with Tiger Lily allowed me to not only be a part of the training for women to be advocates, but also allowed me to be on the other side so I can listen and learn and then pour back into the community. And so just encouraging everybody to stay on top of your health, um, even if you're uh, younger than 40. Young, fo- young women do get diagnosed um, with breast cancer. I've had a patient that was in her early 20s. And again, sometimes we, 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 we are told, like, you're too young. It's nothing. Don't listen. If your body's telling you, no, something's not right, you go with that because we know our body's best.
0: I'm glad you said that because, you know, when we look up the stats and everything, um, women who are at higher risk are, you know, they say 50 years and older, which is why the, the um, screening age, you know, the recommended screening age starts 10 years before. It's like, you know, get it checked out because what you don't want, which is what happens a lot, especially with people of color and people in the black and African American community, there's a waiting that happens because either it's because they're underinsured, uninsured, don't have primary care physician. And it's like, well, I'm going to wait till the last minute and then I'll go and, you know, to urgent care or the emergency room to see what's wrong, you know, because now I can't take it anymore. Mm -hmm. But this is why, you know, self-breast examinations are important. So you know your body. So as you said, like, listen to your body. Um, Some of us, you know, when you're doing like those self-breast examinations, you know, you some women have dense tissue, right? So Mm -hmm. like, this is the other reason why, it's important to get the mammogram um, and check yourself because like, you know, if you're ever doing like the self breast damage, I mean, you might feel something and you want to make sure that it's not just it's, it's just dense tissue and not something else. And one thing that I remember I was told by the doctor was like, symmetry is good. You know, sometimes if you might find something on one, you know, check the other. And if it's there, then you're probably OK, but you should still get it checked out and make mm-hmm. sure everything's OK. Um, because yeah, there, there are 20 year olds who are diagnosed. This is again, why it's important for um, if you have a history of like in your family, it's important to um, definitely go for regular screening so that you can catch it early. You know, we, yeah, we hear about um, people are diagnosed with, you know, not just breast cancer, but colon cancer or um, prostate cancer. It's, it's sometimes late in the stage because, you know, nothing was done and there was a waiting. So we wanna make sure that, you know, especially here at True Health Live, it's like, this is the truth. You have to get it checked out. Yeah.
1: Absolutely, and for women in their 20s and 30s, they're the most common ones to be diagnosed with breast Mm -hmm. cancer. And that's under the age of 40. So it's very important, very important to advocate for yourself um, and to really take heed to when you feel something that's abnormal. Uh, Also, like approximately 85% of breast cancer occurs in women with no family history of it. Um, So that's something to to be cognizant of. And there is uh, like the BRCA um, testing that you can have done to be preventative as well. You can request it. Um, And I'm glad you brought up the insurance piece of it because a lot of times either folks are hesitant because they're uninsured, undocumented, um, under-resourced. It's all these barriers that are preventing us from getting the care and getting these um, tests daily, um, I'm sorry, annual screenings done. However, there's always a way to to navigate through the healthcare system. And at times it's difficult, but if there is a community partner if where you reside and you need information, utilize them to help you navigate through Mm -hmm. the system because sometimes it's hard to just go to the hospital and talk to someone not every hospital has like nurse navigators or patient navigators on site or right then and there right but the next best thing is to talk to a community uh, a community organization that's with it where you live that can possibly help you navigate and talk to someone link you to somebody that's in the um in the nearest hospital to you. And that way at least get you the resources that you need, maybe materials and whatnot. But if you do have um, a lump and you feel something that's abnormal and you go see your doctor, you want to be able to get a diagnostic exam. So a diagnostic screening, because if it's not diagnostic and they think it's routine, it'll get pushed back and you don't want that.
0: Um, And, And I think like, that's what happens a lot to people. It's like, so yeah, there's there's definitely the uninsured and underinsured, but then there's also like you said, like if you don't have you know the capacity um, or know how to advocate for yourself, and you're just you're sitting in front of a physician, you're like, well, he or she knows best. Um, I'm just gonna go with what they say. But sometimes you have to push them because, like you said, it'll mm-hmm. be like, oh, well, it's probably not that serious, and you don't. That's the thing you don't want someone to say to you if there's a problem. And this is not saying like yes you know we should all be hypochondriacs you know but if there's something wrong then it needs to be said there's something wrong and before it becomes um an extreme or exacerbated issue mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Um, yeah i wanted to um say quick uh, in the chat greetings naya thank you for joining us um and also if you have any questions or comments you know let them know and i can see them all we can see them all on uh, Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Um, and I just um, wanted to BRCA, like for those of you, if you're not aware, if you're watching this and you're not a public health professional or clinician and you don't know what BRCA is, it's simply um, the abbreviation, it's an acronym that stands for the first two letters of breast and cancer. So it's your breast cancer gene. So that it's B-R-C-A, BRCA. So if you hear someone say that they're um, in in, this, in that specific setting, they're talking about the breast
1: cancer gene. Yes, absolutely. And then I wanted to touch on something you just said as far as people being able to advocate. It's so easy for us to say, well, advocate for yourself, yourself speak up. And a lot of times, like you said, people don't know how to. And that's not to any fault of their own. Sometimes we're not aware or are culturally we're not um we're not encouraged to speak up or go against the professionals. I know in the Caribbean community, it's like, no, the doctors know best, right? Yeah. And so yeah. unless you know better, yeah.
0: <laughs> you, we have to understand. You do it all the time. Like in your yes. position, it's, sometimes, it's like the psychological thing. Someone who's in a seemingly position of authority, there's mm-hmm. a, okay, they know best. Not all the time. right? A lot of best. the time people know what's within their job. Um, description and what they're supposed to do on a daily day, day day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. But, you know, not all police officers know the law, right? You know, so like sometimes we, so that advocating for ourselves means also being well-informed.
1: Yes, well-informed. And then also, um, you know, not being afraid to ask questions and having follow-up questions. Because sometimes, Doctors talk or healthcare professionals talk a language that we don't as common people understand. And if you don't understand it's their job to help you understand it's yeah. the literacy has the, um, the medical literacy. You have to understand that because if I'm explaining it to you and you are my patient and this is your diagnosis and you're like, yes, 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 yes. But you, uh, you don't get the words. You don't, if things are not connecting, then that is a disservice to you. So it's my job to make sure that when you leave my office, whatever I share with you about your health is that you understand and you know what the next steps are. And if you need me to give you examples or if you need me to further break it down, that you are comfortable to ask me that and I can then do that. That's also part of the job. Um, And a lot of times, too, we're fearful. So we don't ask questions. You don't want to hear that. You don't want to hear the what ifs, right? Or the what shoulda, couldas. But I always say to folks too, like if you're a faithful person and you're highly spiritual and you have faith, there's a saying where where faith um lives, fear cannot. Right. And so you want to be able to prevail. Right. And so I always encourage folks when I talk to them, especially the young women, you it's it, it's it's a barrier, but once you get on the other side of it and you overcome it, you're uh-huh. gonna feel so much better and you're gonna be thankful. You're gonna think yourself that you know what I got over that because I believed. In what I was thinking, I believe my body, and I got over that. And fear didn't hold me back from asking this question because, believe it or not, that question can make a world of a difference. That clarity you have can make a world of a difference. It can make yeah. sure that you stay on top of your appointments, it can stay on top of like every specialist that you have to see, every healthcare provider that you have to see. Um, so you just build up that courage and understand that doctors, um, healthcare professionals, they're human too. So they yeah. make mistakes. Make mistakes. Yeah. They make mistakes. And I'll give you my own personal um, experience. Recently, I was misdiagnosed and um, that was from a doctor. And, you know, if I had the mentality of saying, well, the doctors know best, then I wouldn't have questioned the diagnosis. But mm-hmm. and if I, I also went in aware and had knowledge because I work in this space. But even if um, I didn't, I know my body, right? And I know my past experience. And so it allowed me to question, well, are you sure? You know, what's happening here? And then allowed me to go back to my own doctor and say, let's run this test again. Because I don't feel so, you know, 100% about what this doctor told me. Right. Um, but I understand sometimes mistakes can happen. So we have to be sure that we um, stay on top of our own health.
0: Yeah. It, it's so funny you say that when you mentioned fear and faith you know there, there's you know the acronym for fear false evidence appearing real and so this mm-hmm. by the faith faith is a knowing so it de- it has to be much stronger that knowing is much stronger than fear so when you walk in faith You'll walk into that doctor's office and say "This isn't right, something isn't right, or if mm-hmm. there has been a diagnosis, you know faith that you can um, choose and select the the clinician and physician that's going to work with you and work best with you and has your best interest and your survival in mind right because mm-hmm. um, we know we lose too many women to breast cancer um, and especially because you know it's it's been caught late like you know I think that's like the common denominator amongst many different um diseases and um comorbidities when it comes to um people of color it's it was caught too late by the time they get to the doctor they're in late stages mm-hmm. we don't want to be in late stages and so the only way to combat that is really understanding what your rights are as a patient and also understanding um your body right mm-hmm. welcome sovereign eats greetings greetings um I'm sorry to hear this. She says I'm sorry to hear that. Whoop whoop! But you have the capacity to advocate for yourself. Absolutely. Yes. And also, you know, I wanted to mention about fear because um that um, it was maybe two years ago I was speaking with my mother when she, before she transitioned and she was like really upset and I and I was asking her and she, her her diagnosis was not breast cancer. It was uh, cardio. Um, she had a cardiovascular issues, mm-hmm. and I said to her. Um, you know, well, what's wrong? Like, why don't you, why don't you go? Because I wanted to hear like what the reason was. And she needed to like say it out loud. Mm -hmm. And she Mm -hmm. said, I'm afraid of what they might say. Mm -hmm. And so it, it, and in that moment, it was like, you know, this is the the reality for many people, especially many people of color and of a certain generation. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid of what they're going to tell me. So like, you know, sometimes like, you know that there's something wrong because, but, I'm, I'm, I'm fearful of what the information might be that it's going to be bad. It's better that I don't hear it at all. And, you know, how many times do we move like that? And so, you know, definitely making sure that we have information. That's exactly what True Health Live is. You know, spread the information around. We're, you know, this is what um, is, is to help us so, you know, that we all have information on what we're mm-hmm. doing. And also, this is the reason why community is important, because if you are, you know, you have faith, you're surrounded by your community, you move differently. Right. So um, it was really important to make sure that people were with her on her visits and, you know, that she just had to get it. It's like, but it's better that we know, you know, so let's go find out what's happening so that we know what Mm -hmm. we can do to address the issue, because that's the other thing. If you don't know, then how are you going to address it? Right i see some things in the chat yeah that says i want to add to that piece because another crucial part is the need for a deep family dialogue about mm-hmm. some of the medical issues that the other women and men in our families have endured and great. we don't talk about them right you know there might be some women who do have a, a, a family history of breast cancer but they don't know because mm-hmm is, you know, some families and cultures do have that um, or, or groups of people and populations do have that culture of silence, right? Mm-hmm. And there's 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 not a talking. And some of it is because, well, the doctors know it's best. So I'm not really going to talk about it. That I'm only going to talk to the doctor about it. It, it, it manifests in many different ways. Yeah. yeah.
1: But family history is very important, very important. And so if we know that we didn't talk about it before, but we are well educated now and have this awareness now, then it's up to us to break that barrier, right? Mm-hmm. Of not being able to have these conversations in our in our households with our families, with our daughters, our sons, our nieces, nephews, just with our families, because you can't you can't fix what you don't know is broken, right? in Mm the sense, right? So if you don't know something exists, you don't, if you don't know that this gene is living inside of you, then how do you know to be preventative in in that way? Mm -hmm. Because it's very important. And so that is very true. I I, like in my family, I can only go back to my grandparents and they all have on both sides have passed on. And so even to that, it was very limited And so I have to figure out ways and try to navigate where how I can talk to other family members to see what they know, just to kind of get my history, my family history, you know, Um, and also for my daughter, we're doing um, genetic testing with her because her dad is adopted. And so we don't have any kind of um, information on his side of the family, his biological side. And so for me, I just want to know, like, okay, and I want her to know, like, if there's anything we should be aware of, how do we get about this? How do we be preventative, yeah. you know? Um, and cancer, just cancer, period. That's a very scary word. Whenever mm-hmm. you hear that, it's just very frightening. But a lot of a a, times ago, people thought cancer equated to death. That's not true. Not now. Yeah. We have technology has gone so above and beyond. The medicine has and science has gone above and beyond that people are living through cancer. Yeah. Um, breast cancer. Um, people are thriving, women are thriving, and, and survivorship is 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 more right. But what you have to understand too is that um you just have to be you have to do your due diligence, right? Yeah. It, it, it it is a team effort, it's a unification of. So having a support system, and also for your care team to be supportive and have those open conversations and work with you.
0: Yeah, and I, I, I I like that you said, you know, you did it also for your daughter. You know, so for those of us who have women, um, women to be, you know, (laughs) um, blossoming wounds, you know, coming behind us, whether they're blood related or not, it is helpful to be able to turn around and say this is what, you know, this is what I've been through, or this is what happens when you become an adult. These are the things that you have to watch out for as you grow into womanhood, you know, thinking about those that come behind, you know, because it's, it's, we're saying, yes, know your body, do yourself breast examinations. If you find something, go to the doctor, but also educate yourself on what it is, because then it it doesn't just sit with you. It's, let me share with those coming behind me. It's, called, it's like the pay it forward, you know? So based on my experience, how do I make this into something that can be learned from for the ones coming behind? Whether it's negative or positive, right?
1: Each one, each one.
0: Right. right. Um, and that's where community. And we talked about
1: community. <laughs> all, all the... And community is is within our household, it's our neighbors, right? It's the general population. Um, and as women of color, as black women, we have to make sure that we teach our, our children about every and anything. And when it comes to like breast cancer, the women in our lives, the young women in our lives, um, the more they know at an earlier stage, the more preventative they can be, exactly. right? And that each one teach mo- one model will replicate itself. Right. Sure. And so instead of us finding out at stage four when we haven't been able to see the doctor or get in front of a healthcare professional, we are going to beat it where some of us are going to just stay on top of it. And it's like, okay, I'm doing this preventative measure. But if we were to feel something at an early stage, it can be treatable and right. doesn't have to equate to stage four at all. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and I see the chat going off. So yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> <gotta do> <laughs> Um, so when he says, You don't know sis, and I am afraid to say it, then becomes a curse mm. an inspirational curse. And you know, and then the next you know, those coming behind have to figure out a way to break it. Um, I I I think my mom when I that I know of, like she did have breast examinations, but we didn't talk about them. Um mm. she did have a mammogram. I remember asking her, but I don't think she went necessarily regularly, um, and we didn't talk about them. And so now that I'm of that age, like, you know, we've never had a conversation about whether it runs in our family. I think at this point I would know there's been no one, you know, in the immediate like aunts, grandmothers, like you know, that have um, struggled with that. So it's like, okay, it may not run in the family, but we never had conversations about, okay, now it's time, you know, make sure you're getting screenings. Did you, you know... What was your self-examination like? Have you found anything? You know, like these are the conversations that need to be had. And because now, had we had those conversations? When I went for my first mammogram, I, I may not have been as, as nervous as I was. Right. Um, because what happens is if they don't if they're not able to see everything, once thing you go on the machine with the plate they actually will do like a physical ultrasound and if that happens i was and they tried to tell me they were like you know it's not a big deal it's just like if they can't see everything or if they may see something you will do like the physical ultrasound and and then when they came back to me and they were like okay the doctor the the doctor the radiologist wants to do an ultrasound i literally had a meltdown in my head Mm -hmm. because i was like i didn't know and so come to find out and this is when i learned like i have um, some dense tissue. And so they just wanted to check a little extra, a little more and everything was fine. But had I known that how we've been having these conversations and had I done them like more often, that would have been, you know, like, okay, it's probably because of the really dense, you know, um, you know, and this, and this is what it is. That's the nature. That's like the natural state of my breast. So yeah, have those conversations, um, so that they don't become generational curses. Um, Naya says true sovereignty. Sometimes when it comes out, it's when one person finds out and another family member will then share information when it could have been preventative info instead of relatable. That's a good good point. You know, and to Naya's point, like, um, in Anu um, Life Global, in our Womb Room series, like we had a conversation similar to this, but regarding the womb and womb care issues, and you know, and I think we did have a similar conversation on True Health Live about advocating for yourself when it comes mm-hmm. to um, reproductive health, because we know, a lot of things are happening right now regarding reproductive health and yeah. the right, you know, to make decisions on your body, and it's like even beyond that. It's like when you, are same thing with the the breast cancer, if you're finding something or you're feeling something, make sure you put pressure on the clinician or whoever it is you're talking to, whether it's a nurse practitioner, the physician assistant, the nurse, uh, the nursing assistant, and the doctor, him or herself. This is what's happening. You know, push for, you know, the blood test if you need it. Push for a, a scan. If you need it so we can see or they can see because it's not going to be me in there so they can see like what's happening inside um so that you know any symptoms that you're exhibiting or that you're reporting that you're exhibiting can be addressed right Absolutely. um and then it's not like a this happened to me i went for my ultrasound i went for my mammogram and they said xyz maybe it's not good news and then you have a family member oh that happened to me and no one knew you know, but if it was shared, then it's like, okay, when you're the next time you see a clinician, if you do, you know, go for um, whether you go for like more naturopathic or homeopathic or allopathic medicine, you can share that as part of your medical history. Mm-hmm. You know, like depending on the, the relationship with the, you know, how close that relative is, because it makes a, it makes a difference. It matters. Um, Sovereign says true, 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 three truths, true, true, true. The name cancer has crippled many into shriveling up and giving up. We we need those stories of victory and healing to inspire other men and women to get through it. And I'm glad you said that because men get breast cancer as well. Um so and I know I said, you know, we talk about women. Women are more affected, but I wanna make sure that I'm being um open and honest across the board. Men do also suffer from some men do also suffer from breast cancer and, and can be at risk from um for um um being diagnosed or or um having breast cancer um i wanted say-
1: part of that too is the lgbtq plus community as well um i think quite often we're so used to being a woman's um disease that and we forget that men also can carry that but also like for those who are transgender as well um We that particular community, we have to also be mindful and advocate with them as well. Um, but something I do want to touch on is our healthy lifestyles because Mm -hmm. a lot of times these diseases, if they're not hereditary, can we the healthier we live, the better for ourselves? So, choosing wisely what you put into your body, um, giving yourself um, time to just uh, take a mental break because you know stress does stress and worry causes sickness and so the healthier lifestyle really plays a part in how you navigate through your um, your overall well-being so regardless if you're diagnosed with breast cancer or not or any kind of sickness make sure that you are taking in foods that your body um, needs for nourishment wow. right um, so the good, good uh, nourishing food, Make sure you're staying active and moving. You don't have to be in the gym for two hours or even one hour, but stay a little bit active so that your body doesn't fall asleep, <laughs> right? So you so that you things don't hurt when they don't need to hurt. Because and I, I take my and I've and I've started doing many things because I realized that wait I'm a little sensitive in in like my calf and I was never sensitive there because mm-hmm. I'm not walking enough, I'm not moving enough. But yeah. um, all of that goes hand in hand. of course, like um, staying on your routine appointments, so like your annual physical, your annual, annual exams, staying on top of those things, um, having a healthy lifestyle, um, working in um, movement into your day-to-day, all those take part. And also really um, being mindful of your mental and emotional health as well. That is very key to just as much as um, movement and exercise. That is very important as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know listen, I went for I I did 3 hours today. I went for a 7 mile walk slash, walk, <laughs> And I'm in pain. But it's a good thing. it's good pain. It's good pain, I, right? I was in the kitchen cooking I'm like everything hurts from this from the waist down. I'm in right? pain. I,
1: sometimes you you wish you have you had well I utilize my daughter. I'm like listen, you my my daughter, I got to tell you guys has for me healing hands. Whenever this girl puts her hands on me, if I'm in pain, it goes away, and I'm not kidding, and I'm just like, oh wow like if, if I have a stomach aid and she puts her hand on my stomach, it goes away mhm and and i so I'm just like, you know what I'm gonna make use of this <laughs> so if i if I'm exercising or I'm moving more than normal and I feel aches, I have her you know rub rub the area so it can go away because you know we're not celebrities where we have our own personal masseuse waiting for us after we do all of this workout and and whatnot. Um, So you make do with what you can or you soak um, or whatnot, but all in all that, that is to just so you can have an overall great life experience as you navigate, as we navigate, you know, our lives because it's so many things happening, right? Um, Every day there's something to think about like this month before, on breast cancer but breast cancer is everyday cancers are everyday sickness so you have to know how you're living and what you're doing so that you can kind of amplify the best lifestyle you can for yourself right so you can be health at your healthiest at your best where the fog the brain fog is not there and you can really do what you have to do um so that you could be your best
0: it's interesting you said healing hands i just listened to um chiki has podcast. Uh it's uh Chief Yuya, the lifestyle of a royal man and his latest podcast, number seventy six, it literally talks about how to be a healer and like, you know, what it means like for people who are gonna lay hands on you. Like there's different things that have to be in place, like, um, and what to watch out for. So for those of you who are interested, make sure you, you can download it on iTunes, Spotify, um, I think Bandcamp as well. And um it's um Chief Yuya. Episode 76, How to Be a Healer. And um something else you said, um, maybe it was something I read in the chat. Um, Sovereigny says Anishka, that's an excellent point. We have also we have to also be proactive about the removal of she said, I thought of that episode. Like as soon as you went, like she has healing hands. I was like, oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> We have to be proactive about the removal of foods, chemicals, and other items that have been shown to be carcinogenic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's hard, you know, it's, but, you know, everybody's on, like, the vegan kick, you know, some of it is very trendy. Um, and I think what we have to watch out for is, like, just things that are coming out that substitute lab food just to be substitutes for the junk food, Right. right? We don't need the substitute junk food. There's plenty of beans, vegetables, all those things that we can eat and make it taste good. And don't get me wrong, I love comfort food. You can have comfort food that's plant based. It's there, trust me. Because like, you there there are chunky vegans. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they do all that gourmet stuff without <laughs> my processed lab food, where they're using meat meat by products empty. So you know, make, look look at the ingredients. Make sure whenever you buy it, turn it over. And mm-hmm. the
1: My brother in law and um his his wife is they're vegans, and so they've introduced me to so many things, and I'm like, oh wow, <laughs> and he and they're very. I, I won't say strict, but they have a way of just making it fun. And like, it's not work. You know, sometimes people, the way they explain how to prepare the foods and how to do this, it just seems like a lot of work. And that becomes discouraging for someone who's Mm -hmm. used it, right? They don't do that at all. And so I've learned a lot and I've incorporated in my day-to-day. True transparency, we still do eat meat, but I don't eat red meat. I don't eat pork, you know. So I'm slowly but surely turning things around so Mm -hmm. for my family and my household and you know and it's and it's like a domino effect because then it goes on to like their their mom and and whatnot and other yeah and so again it starts with just one person and that person sharing and sometimes when you tell folks they don't want to listen but here have have some um vegetarian or vegan tacos and that's how he got me because i was like oh wow (laughs) it was all vegan and Sometimes you just got to you got to make the move and introduce the person and give them something to 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 engage in with you um, so that they can see. Because a lot of times people are just they have tunnel vision and they just think and are stuck in that one way because they don't have any other perspectives to kind of like um, to, to to think about.
0: Yeah, I, I just remember I remember a few things where you were talking I'm like, <laughs> you know what? Yes, you're exactly right. It starts with one person. I will say I tried to introduce my family and they almost burned me at the stake. So everybody <laughs> has their process and they yes. have their time. time. Um, Cuz I I get it like that bird is a hard thing to give up. But for me for me it was like culture and I'm and I follow mm-hmm. uh, and I I try. I won't say like I'm I'm the best at it. I will not lie. I try to make sure that I follow Levitical law and it's like that bird is no good. So it's like <laughs> touch the bird but I I understand if some as someone who used to love to eat that bird mm-hmm. that chicken you know it's hard <laughs> to give up um just like the cheese um mm-hmm. but eventually you know if you really try at it you can do it yeah but I, like so I'm never the one like after you know I tried it with my family like oh try this eat that and it's just like you get the funny looks. It's like, get out of here. You know, mm-hmm. what, what's that? What, what were you trying to do? So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, everybody has their own time. So I don't yes. force it on anybody, but it, for me, like it's important, like at least use the platform and talk about, like it's good to be cognizant about what we put in our bodies and really focus on nutrition because that also feeds, you know, disease, mm-hmm. you know, what we eat can also, what we ingest, can also turn into disease, and it's not, you know, it's it, it's not necessarily like just what you eat. It, it's it, it's in combination with what the animal ate, right? Mm-hmm. How stressed are you? What else is in your environment? Like, it's all these myriad of things that we have to be cognizant of. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's def, but but even still, it's definitely a collective of what's ingested into the body,
1: mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Um, and not only that too you, just again, I always come back that sometimes all it takes is a conversation, you know. Um, and being and, and I want to tie something back into Tiger Lily because I gotta tell you, I love Tiger Lily's mission. I love what they do, I love the way we serve the our community, serve the women that work with us. So in the program, the angel advocacy program, our patients are who we call angels. Yeah. Um, and these women are phenomenal women, right? They're either even they're either in treatment or they're survivors or they're caregivers or even allies, right? So you don't necessarily have to have had breast cancer or have it um, to be a part of this program. You can sign up; it's free, by the way. Every program, every every everything that Tiger Lily offers is free because, again, we know there are financial barriers, and how can we fully serve the community if we have all these barriers? And Tiger yeah. Lily has. taking that barrier down yeah Um, i have to give it to them um but you go and you sign up for the program, you find not only is it a community, but it's a sisterhood as well, right? So you have other women who can share experiences, who can give you advice and vice versa as well. Um, they have a 24-7 prayer line. If folks need to, you know, talk and need that spirituality, uh, need that type of a group, they also have like um, what we call Pure Cat. And so that initiative is amazing. So you have yoga, meditation, sound baths, All of those things, you just go on the website, you click, you see the calendar and you can join it. Um, They have a plethora of programs that are free and toolkits. For example, as we were talking about advocacy, um, how to how to have the bidirectional conversation. There is a toolkit to have that with your provider. Um, Financial toxicity, geographical um, barrier toolkits. Um, It's about 13 of them. I don't remember from the top of my head, but if you go on their website, um, and I, Deidre, I'll send you the. link. Yes, you read go, it out.
0: I'll put it in the description as well. So it's
1: www.tigerlilyfoundation.org. Go to the website and go and just explore it. There's many offerings, and I and I really highly recommend that folks go ahead and 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 just kind of um we through the different pages go to the programs you can see all the things that they have to offer and take full advantage of it if you want to know how to talk to your doctors and talk about like you know um how advocacy if you know someone that's um has breast cancer or that is currently like currently in treatment or through survivorship or reoccurrence and they need support look at tiger lily um their page um because they have a ton of resources for folks uh and you can always get in touch with people there uh Hit the contact and mm-hmm. within the next within 24 hours, someone's going to get in touch with you or if you need me to connect you, I'm happy to do that. But please take advantage. And for the pure cat initiatives like the yoga and the meditation and all those good stuff, you don't have to be a part of the um, organization. You can just go and sign up and do the classes. So you don't even if you don't do the training for the angel advocacy program, you can still be a part of um like the pure cat and do that. And as I said, it's free because those are things that we normally would pay for. Right. Yeah, go to a yoga cool. studio and all that stuff, it's sound baths and yeah. And Is it virtual? It. It's virtual. That's awesome. All instruction, uh the instructors are all professionals. Um, and so we they have studios. So where you would go to the studio instead, you go through Tiger Lily, you still have the same instructors, uh, same expertise and whatnot, and in the comfort of your own home.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. You mentioned something about like what the what the training goes over, like the financial.
1: So financial toxicity—that's one I- of the barrier toolkits. So when you go on there, when you go onto the website, um, and you go into, I believe it's either programs or the homepage, you'll see it'll say one on the drop-down barrier toolkits, and mm-hmm. you just go on it, and it has a list of the different um toolkits. You click on it, you can print it out, or you can download it, whichever one. If you have a provider that you want. To to share it with. Cause we have, they, there's ones that are provider driven. So you mm-hmm. give it to the, you can say, Oh, you know what? He may need, he may need some more insight from a different perspective. You can print that, download it, email it, or hand it to them and have them review it. You know um, it, it's, you really want to, what Tiger really wants, one of the things that they really want to do is create that bi-directional conversation mm-hmm. because a lot of times the doctors are trained Specifically, like you said early on, right? They just know what they know and do came to do what they got to do, um, and not all of them can have that bi-directional conversation. Yeah. You want your doctor to be able to talk to you, where you can talk to them and exchange information, ask questions, and work together in your okay. care, right? And so, a lot of times, that's not happening, especially and I can't emphasize enough about with you know black and brown patients. And we need to break that barrier because it's only causing more and more stress on us as patients Um, and our mortality rates are going up and that's not something that we want. Right. Um, So that's one thing. And then also for yourselves to be self advocates and it's easy to say, like I said before, but if you can have, if you go through the training, you'll have the tools, you'll have all the community to help you um, prepare yourself. So it's not like, Hey, go ahead. Go talk to your doctor. No, we're going to train you how to talk to your doctor. We're going to give you examples. We're going to sit and go through all of these things with you. If you need us to be present, we're there. You know what I mean? They're in the sense of like, okay, we got you. If you need a prep call, whatever it is that you need support, in, support um, with, the Tiger Lily team is, is there to do so. Yeah.
0: What were some of the, the conversations or experiences that were shared by some of your angels when they would do like their public speaking um, events?
1: Oh, sure. Well, so <laughs> it's always so funny because when these women, a majority of them are already doing work in their community, right? Mm-hmm. Because they've gone through this um, journey and they're still going through it. And the reason why they're part of Tigerly is because they want that community and they want their stories to be told and they yeah. want to help other women just like them. Right. And so when they have the opportunity to speak, they they are excited right they're super excited because everyone has a different journey maybe the same disease but the journey looks very different and yeah. i have women who are like who come up to me and they're like thank you whether it's an email or phone call or if it's in person like thanking us for that opportunity to have their voices uplifted and not only are they sharing with who's in the room but they're also sharing externally as well because whatever conversations and talks are being had in that particular area goes out to other people for example i had folks um we went to essence festival this year and i spoke and one of my angel advocates who's a lead um she also spoke and shared her story and it was so much networking and so many women in the room that we connected with that she particularly connected with and more opportunities were born from just sharing her story. And that's what we want. Doctors are reaching out to our patients, to yeah. our advocates, right? Doctors, scientists, um, because for clinical trials, for example, very for one, there's trust. There's a trust issue with clinical trials for our people um, for many obvious reasons, right? Um, and then also they aren't coming to us. Those running those trials aren't coming to us in our communities to to say, you know, would you like to be a part of this or explain it to us? Um, and then, how do you really have a clinical trial when you don't have everybody when it's not so inclusive, right? right? You right. that means you're only serving one, right. <laughs> so one kind of particular yeah. group.
0: So you're a little skewed because it's not and right. it have and and a lot of the stats that we have, right? The like stats come from research, but if the research doesn't include everybody. Then how can we be sure that the numbers and the information that we get it's from accurate. that is accurate or know? reflects us? Reflects us, right? Right. right. So and about the clinical trials because they're not always accessible to
1: mm-hmm, everyone. Exactly, and that's why, for that's why we're so drawn by Tiger Lee. It wasn't just one thing; they did everything for any part of cancer, but the breast cancer that touched, they touched it like whatever it included, like like I said, all those barriers in the clinical trial. So we have patients working together with our program managers. Um, and I keep saying we, because it's still like, I'm still linked to them, right? Because I believe in that that mission. Yeah. <laughs> and I That's believe in that work. Client, right? <laughs> so it's they you, you get to be a part of those conversations. Not only are you, are you, do you have a seat at the table, but you're having those conversations. You're taking part in the material that is developed as well as the program and what that clinical trial looks like. So your story, your perspective, all of that is being um, shared with and all of that is being amplified. So that's why I encourage everyone to just take a look at the website because it's so many resources, so many resources that you can take from it for yourself, for your loved one, for your community. If you work for an organization that's interested, you can pull from there as well, or you can connect with somebody and they will be sure to send you that material. And again, it, it it doesn't hurt. Right. It's at no cost to you. You have nothing to lose. Um, the only thing you do have is to gain gain knowledge and awareness and be able to teach other community members, other loved ones about breast cancer and how to be preventative. And if you are going through it, how do you get the resources that you need or that you seek? And then thereafter. What does survivorship look like? What do yeah. I do after? Because a lot of times it's so much going into the uh, to the treatment portion, but no one very very rarely does pe- do people talk about what the aftermath looks like and life still goes on after breast cancer. And so Tiger Lily touches on survivorship as well. There's a lot of organizations that do that to um, do that too, but sometimes we don't know about it. I will say start with Tiger Lily. They're amazing and they have all the resources. And if they don't have the resources, they know another organization that does and can link you.
0: That's and awesome. it's
1: not just for men. I want to say that because when you go, it's like all pink and stuff. It's not, I mean, it's just not for women, but men, you can get resources as well. Um, you can li- utilize the Pure Cat stuff, um, that program too, if you like. like. Um, and if you want additional information for things that are for men for breast cancer, you just reach out to them and they'll they'll link you to their partners.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's really important to know that, like, it's not just something suffered by women. Like, mm-hmm. larger, you know, women are the larger group that get it because we have more breast tissue. But um, it is definitely something experienced by our complementary sex and gender as well. Um, Sovereign says, talk the truth. Doesn't that make it invalid? I think she's talking about the research. So it doesn't make it, doesn't make it invalid what it is, it's how it's interpreted and how it's talked about. Mm-hmm. Because the results are showing what was, what, what, what the, what was analyzed, right? Um, based on who was part of the study or whatever evaluation it is. So whatever the numbers of the outcomes are, they're reflective of who was in the study. So it's not necessarily invalid, but we have to be cognizant of how this information is interpreted and then promoted. So yes. if there's a study that says, like, you know, such and such percent of women um, uh, uh, in this area have breast cancer, it's like, okay, well, which women, right? So then that's, what, you know, like, what's the demographic breakdown, you know? And many studies do do that. They, they definitely do. At the same time, we want to make sure that we're drilling down because a lot of the times we'll get the overall information about, like, oh, we'll get, we'll get very generalized information. But this is why it's important to... Um, dig deeper into a study. So when you see a news report or an article about um, new study results, don't just take the, the uh, sensational headline, dig deep into the research and the study to see what the actual numbers are and like um, the, 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 the smaller numbers, right? Not just the one that was like compelling. Um, that, that's what we, we want to do when it comes to health promotion and research. Yeah, we want to give the information that is most compelling, at the same time it is really important to still look at the, the look at everything because it paints a larger picture you know it's like you don't want to it's like it's like not necessarily paying attention to the brush strokes the brush strokes are what make the painting right so it's not mm-hmm. just taking in the painting and saying like oh this is a beautiful thing look at the brush strokes too right um okay mm-hmm. So yeah, like definitely um, looking, digging deeper into research and everybody is not necessarily able to interpret research, but this is why you can go and ask questions is well. We have shows like True Health Live, you know, like, because we want to make sure that people are understanding like the information that's out there. So if you are a watcher or a listener, you know, um, someone who is, who's not in public health, or even if a public health student and you're not necessarily, and you're kind of new to like how to interpret research, um, Definitely give us a call. You know, if you want us to have a conversation about a particular study or information that's out there, this is what we do. Um, Always, you know, the floor is open for all sorts of voices and um, commentary. You can add your two, four, six, eight cents if you want to. Um, We just keep it respectful, right? Uh, So that's our show for today. Anushka, do you want to add anything else? Give thanks so much for sharing about Tiger Lily will yes. be stored to put it in the description box um, and all the a link to like the resources page that they have. You know, it's really important for those of you who you maybe you are in the survivorship stage, you know. So if you don't have, you know, any resources or something to kind of reach out to or kind of, you know, stabilize yourself into like, how do I continue on after diagnosis, you know, post diagnosis, post surgery? This is a really good program. DC's this is a really good program to look into. So we'll definitely make sure to share that information in the box. Peace, peace, your care Eden. She couldn't be here with us, but I'm glad you're in the chat. Um, and thank you so much, Sabranita and Naya, for having questions. This is what I want to say. You talked about, like, you know, we were talking about women in pain having baths. I know somebody who takes a royal bath every night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm preparing the royal bath right
1: now. I'm like, that's Awesome. I just want to thank you all for joining us tonight. And just as a reminder, make sure you get your bre- your breast examined. Um, you know, keep up with your annual mammography. Um, and then just do your own self-examination um, on a okay. monthly basis. And if you feel something, say something. Yeah. Right?
0: Yes. Yes. So give- and have the
1: conversations with, with, with the family.
0: Yes. Yes. Break the
1: silence and have the conversation.
0: Right. Break the yes. silence. Break the general generational curse of silence. We're yes. Not that no more. We're not holding it in because that, in and of itself, becomes toxic. Toxic. Yes. You know. Yes. Chronic toxicity. That's and you
1: can saying. save somebody that you love by having yes. that conversation and sharing the information and sharing past experiences.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So that is our show, our True Health Live. Join us. And two strongs in two weeks, and we'll be coming back with some more great information. We actually are going to try to continue this conversation with um, two of two or three of uh, angels from the Tiger Lilies. Yeah. So hopefully, like they'll be able to join us next time, and we will see you in the forward.
1: Good night.
0: Good night. Thank you. Like, share, subscribe. <laughs> <laughs>